Welcome to ContenderCast, a global leadership and consumer industries entrepreneurship podcast centered on shining a light on bright ideas. And now, here's your host, Justin Hahnemann. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for downloading. Thanks for subscribing and following. It's Justin Hahnemann on the ContenderCast for shining a light on bright ideas. Today, we're not talking about glue. I Damn love it. Strength. I'm so excited. <laughs> We're talking about Bondic, and you guys are going to love learning about this incredible adhesive. I'm not kidding. This is such a cool story. I'm so excited on the podcast today. It's Robert Harbauer. I'm so glad you're here, Robert. It's so great to have you on the podcast. Oh, that's great to be here. And it's not an adhesive, by the way. <laughs> so it, that's what it says on Amazon. Okay, so yeah. um, we will come back to that. So I'm so glad that you're here. Um, we are not talking about glue, as I mentioned, um, but I can't even wait to though have our audience learn about you and the story of this product. It's so cool. Um, let's do this. So how about before we get to Bondic, share a little bit about your background before discovering this idea. Well, I was a kid who just love to be involved with anything business. I, I thought my first business was RH maintenance, 12 years old, and fixing furniture at the salon where my mother worked, right? So I had a toolbox and that was it. But when I was 16, I custom cleaned cars because I wanted to be around luxury cars. And the only way I could get around them was to go knock <laughs> to clean them. Clean them. <laughs> nice. yeah. So and uh, I turned 16. And back then, having a $4,000 a month insurance rate was like completely unheard of, right? That was like totally. you had six DUIs and smashed everything you drove kind of rate. And um, But they trusted me. And what I got was a unique education because the people that drove those cars were all super successful business people. So I learned very early on a couple of things. One is their kids had no interest in their business, just in the money. And so <laughs> I was the kid who had, how'd you do, how do you make a million bagels a day? And the machine was as big as a building. How do you import Italian equipment for construction? How do you do injection molding, right? They were all pretty much European immigrants that came with nothing to North America, started a business and whatever it was and worked their guts out. So I learned work ethic and uh, I learned that successful people help and share and um, basically mentor younger people. So that was the cool experience. Wow. Really, really cool. Naturally curious or was it like you were intentionally well, I mean, curious? I, Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, I, I never understood how you make plastic for one guy made everything for a picnic basket and you know, he's making pennies. Same with the bagel guy. They had like four of the most expensive Mercedes at the time, 560 SECs or whatever they were. And uh, he says, yeah, we don't make that much money on a bagel. I go like, what? He goes, maybe a penny. I go, but you make a million a day, like literally, right? And it was par-baked, meaning when you go to a bakery to this very day, they started that process. You get totally. fresh bread. They didn't bake it there. It's partially baked, shipped frozen. And so your local Absolutely. grocer pushes the baking and it's fresh. So that's what they did. But, you know, all kinds of product. But just the bagel machine was a million bagels a day. You can make a living off that. Crazy, crazy. Well, um, awesome to have that, I'd say, in your background and that learning experience. And then um, you have an incredible story about discovering this product, Bondic. And for those that don't know Bondic, the world's first liquid plastic welding tool. Um, yeah. So you got to tell us, like, where did this... I know you told the story elsewhere. I can't wait for our audience to hear it, but just share how you discovered this. Okay. So I've always been self-employed. I'm not really a great employee. 
So when I worked somewhere, it was always performance-based commission. And then if you do well, they feel that you make too much money. So I had to go on my own. And also, I've always tried things. So I got pinned with failures of making mistakes. But those are always learning how not to do something. So you learn something from it. Sometimes somebody else takes the sale away from you or I would try and Canadian Tire is a giant retailer. I tried to take a product that I found in Europe on one of my business trips. And then when the company got wind of it, they went direct and cut me out. So those are important lessons that you learn. You can't um, quit or get discouraged. At the moment, you're like, oh my God, like what? I'm such an idiot or I got so screwed. (laughs) At that time, right. Yeah. So, So think of it. I visualize it like I just ran into a road barrier and I still got to get continue the trip. So it's just an obstacle and I need to choose a path around it. So that's the way I visualize it. Otherwise, you would go insane because I think um, you have so many barriers and that's an entrepreneur is getting through those barriers. And totally. that's it. Right? Like, How does Elon Musk want to go to the moon? Like it's crazy, but he'll probably land to some other planet before or whatever. I don't know. So you got to shoot big and you got to keep sure. pumping away. And that's basically it. left foot, right foot, you know? So anyways, I was in Germany. I'm the most expensive pool boy because my best friend is in Germany and I would go there to open his pool because he is so not mechanical or technical. But he's <laughs> wow. my closest friend for 40 years. That so sounds like a good deal. That's yeah, like it's a really good deal. Good deal. And, and, you know, we, we it's just funny because he has a, the worst toolbox ever and I go there. And without a joke, when you go to the hardware stores in Germany, they have a bakery. And, you know, in Europe, you can get a beer. So right. when you want to break up a trip or whatever, it's a cool thing for a guy to do get a shopping cart, get a a delicious, unbelievable sandwich, grab a beer and go in the store. And it's not unheard of, right? It's a cool thing. Totally. You'd always find a unique tool. You always find a unique gadget that's not imported. And um, I had done that. But as I was leaving the country, I was at my friends doing the pool thing and we had to get a part. And I went in and I saw a video of this liquid plastic thing. And it was like, oh my God, this is the coolest thing. And I understood it, but I had no idea. I'd never seen it in North America because I'm a tool sort of aficionado. I got, you know, six different ways to hammer a nail in that I can only use one at a time. But <laughs> got it. So um, it was May 2 4 weekend in 2014. I landed in Toronto, called Germany. Wednesday, I spoke with the inventor and I had convinced them to come to my office 10 days later and we signed an agreement for me to sell wow. it in North America, right? Okay. Very, very cool. So, um, then it gets interesting because now I have something that's not a glue and every right. <laughs> generation previous, like your father, your grandfather, your father's right. grandfather's father, whatever, as far back as you can go to caveman, they made a glue from sap or from boiling bones. Sure. Right. So it's ingrained in our DNA that you stick. Right. Two People together. are trained. They're trained on glue. Right. That's all, you know. Right. And so right. now I've got something that generally doesn't stick. I'm creating plastic. I'm literally creating plastic. So you would know it if uh, you've ever had nails done. The ladies get their nails done. Right. If you've been in the printing business, they use UV to cure an ink, ultraviolet. Absolutely. And um, in this case, also a dentist invented it. So he would do that cavity filling and then they put the blue light in your mouth. Got it. Okay. Cool thing. A patient went up to Dr. Tom and said, Dr. Tom, can I borrow some? And Dr. Tom is like a super fantastic guy. And uh, an inventor beyond, you know, you would imagine just crazily inventing stuff all the time. He said, sure, sure. So the patient calls him back, let's say after the weekend or whatever it was. And he says, I need a couple gallons. 
pot do you need a couple of gallons for right <laughs> like what the right. heck and uh he explained that he was building circuit boards but had to correct them so you can design stuff on paper but when you go into production it could be a mistake so he has to jump a wire but these circuit boards are puncy he needs a uh, microscope to do the work and if you use heat you destroy the component but if he could put this drop of dental fluid onto the circuit board and secure the wire under the right. microscope Right. And so Dr. Tom's thinking, oh, my God, if this guy can use it for this, how many people can use it for other things? Totally. So they had to modify the fluid over time. So it, it absolutely is not for teeth. It's not designed for that. Right. What works on enamel <laughs> is totally different. This is designed to work on as many things as possible. But wow. you are creating new plastics. So I'll give you a visual. If you can you picture having a hole in your taillight of your trailer or on a vehicle because it's stone sure. or you hit it? So how would you deal with that? You would use, you know, um, red tape, the, the, the stuff you <laughs> seal the house with or shipping right. tape, put a red marker on it. But with this, you could put drops in of liquid because it's like honey. So it sort of hangs and stays. It's not sure. runny. And you could build it up and fill up the hole, right? If you've got a pair of blinds in your cottage and they've been in the sun for years, and one of them is broken. Right. You try, try and go and get that part. They're going to say, you know, sorry, <laughs> Does, no, don't make that anymore. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Long time ago. Right. So yep. how many things have you bought that broke and disappointed you because the design was bad? Or uh, I had the shelf on my fridge crack, this piece of plastic. Right. And, right. and it was like a whole piece and it's hundreds of dollars. So I'm like, sure brutal right like the fridge was whatever a thousand how can a piece of plastic be a hundred plus it took me time to search so i just grabbed the bondic and i took a nail file to rough it up and i made new plastic and that's the principle that's of so it. cool so the so challenge when, was it's not a glue glue is you know two or three bucks and bondic was 21 at the time right got it and so when you said hey i, I want to sign this agreement to bring it to Canada, like, what did that look like? I mean, were you ready? To, was it ready to sell then, or did you have to repackage it? Like, what did that look like in the yeah, early so, days? So, um, my business partner uh, today is my neighbor, and he was in retail package goods for grocery stores. So, if you would go in and you see a sign that says meat or cheese or fruit or vegetable or special or whatever, he did all that. So, he had a lot of experience. I went over and I said, Tony, can you help me, you know, package this for North America? So, um, we made a huge beginner mistake. We got the ability to get into Walmart for Father's Day. And oh. guess what? Guess what you happened? You didn't have inventory. No, no, worse. I figured out inventory. how to get inventory. So I didn't have all the money I needed because of big order. So there's something called factoring. There's companies that right. will totally. buy your yeah. invoice. Yeah, they'll they give margin. you the money and they take a percentage. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that's possible. If you don't have money, it's still possible. That's important. Totally. Um, the problem was it was all marked Father's Day. So Guess what happens to inventory marked Father's Day after Father's Day? It's returned it's, or yeah, destroyed? It's, it's garbage, basically, right? Because right. we missed the thing. So it should never have been the packaging. should have should been never generic. have said Father's Day. No. Exactly. And so you always make stuff generic, but your signage could be removed. And that totally. had a Father's Day on it. But we didn't. We made a real beginning. So what did you guys do? We Okay. So we didn't have to. We didn't have a issue because we had another problem the stuff that we bought the caps all broke they, they split oh no so now That's i've got a dilemma either. everybody who's going to buy this product i didn't make it right i was buying it and reselling right it. right so i have a catastrophe 
I have the worst possible user experience I could possibly <laughs> You're just getting started, by the way, right? <laughs> so you, oh, it, it gets gets worse. It gets funny. So I had to des- decide to pull it off the shelf. Otherwise, I would ruin my future because people right. would have a terrible experience. And people like to talk about bad stuff more than good stuff. Oh, yeah, no doubt. So they would say, I tried it. That was crap, this, that. So we took it all back, except this is kind of a funny story. So I got a UPS driver for 15 years plus, yep. and uh, it comes back from each individual store in almost any kind of box you can imagine. So a Barbie <laughs> box, a diaper yeah, they're box. they're just throwing it in. Vitamin box, it out. whatever. Yep. It's going back. <laughs> and, and you're talking about all the Walmart stores. So the stuff was packed like higher. I'm six oh foot two. Oh, my gosh. It's, I just have like a horde of these boxes. And a, a quick side story, you have to find the positive when you're an entrepreneur. So I've got totally. $750,000 of product coming back, okay? And I get a phone call in my office. Dude, you got to come down. What? You got to see this. What? You need to come <laughs> down right now. I go, what's going on? He goes, check this out. One of the Walmarts sent us back a whole bunch of Stanley staplers, levels, and tape measures. And, and then, <laughs> oh, you've got a massive return of Bondic. Oh, and, and you go, is there any record of it? No. I go, so do you think that anybody knows we got it? No. Do you think that Bondic is at Stanley? Yeah. I said, so give everybody in the office a stapler, a tape measure, whatever it was, and a level. <laughs> right. days, right? There you go. So we're like, woo! You know, we got <laughs> not so Stanley got some Bondic. <laughs> yeah, so what we did was I, I talked to Dr. Tom. And I said, listen, I can do this, but I got to manufacture. I got to create the quality control. Otherwise, I'm going to walk away from it. And then right. I was—I believed in the product that much. I knew, by the way, there was a big enough white space. I knew that everybody can use Bondic once. Sure. And so the goal for me is that the people who use Bondic, who become fans, if they're at your house, they're, you're on a fishing trip, a hiking trip, whatever with them, and something happens, they'll go, bro, you, you can't use glue. You got to use, that's a Bondic fix. So I'm trying to make it a verb. In, in, in our society. And that's the goal. And everybody can use it once. Cool. So I'm not even near where I need to be. Um, and then you have a big battle, right? Because you have IP and patents and everybody when you get totally. a traction wants to knock you off. So um, a, another funny story is there was 37 people that knocked us off. 37. No way. So you don't even want to wow. get out of bed when you have that kind of pressure around you. And the goal was that everybody says we're the same as Bondic, but we're cheaper, but <laughs> Got it. we're this. So they would have to use us to describe their product. That was number one. And number two, customer service was so important. So if there was somebody who left an LED on or the LED didn't work, we would just say, you know what? Uh, we'll send you, can we send you a brand new kit? We wouldn't send them the LED. We'd send them a whole kit. Or totally. you know, people get heroes on the internet. They're pretty crude sometimes you're like this right. product doesn't bond crap uh, oh, yeah. oh yeah and then you find out it's one of the knockoff products it's not even ours so right. we would apologize say listen i'm really sorry that's not even our product it's a copycat would it be okay if complimentary we send you a real one and those are the things i want people to talk about at the super bowl party at the thanksgiving dinner table I want them to realize they called, we took it seriously and we solved the problem. And I think that, and also, you know, enforcing your IP is what made us be really one of the only ones out there now. So just don't give up. And if you have a belief, if the white, so if you're selling, I don't know, I I can't think of something. You're selling diapers for blue monkeys. That's a very small market (laughs) space. That's a challenge, right? 
But totally. if you know that there's enough people that can buy it, then you can expand and then you have confidence to grow. And just take care of your clients, your customers. Treat totally. them. Customer is like a transaction, right? Go to McDonald's, get a hamburger for five bucks and get out. A client, <laughs> by definition, is somebody who's under the care and protection of. So totally. it took me money to get them. If they're calling, I'm going to take care of them. That's the philosophy. Love that. So you have the initial issues with that initial run, I'll call it, of inventory. You have to bring production here. A couple thoughts there. Um, number one, were people like, why did people buy it? Like, if Walmart was going to bring it in the store, would they even know what it is? Or how did you well, get the word out about like, like, it's not time, glue? You know what I mean? I had to do TV commercials. Social okay. media was just transforming. So right. It was early we days. Were, I, I honestly, I did the. Um, the TV commercials, Justin, and I could never do better than the first time. So I kept spending money and I kept, so you can look in the portal of a retailer and you could see that when your commercials hit, the, the trend of sales goes up and up and up and up. And then you could see it peaks and then your commercial stops and then it drops again, right? So you have to be in their minds. But we just entered cable cutting generation. Like who really watches cable? Everything you can right. get in, streaming, whatever, especially the younger generation. Um, People PBR everything, so really only sports was effective. But then, if you've ever, if did you do you watch the Super Bowl this weekend? If you know, of course, yeah. What happens at a break? Everybody looks at their mobile device, right? <laughs> of course, <laughs> check messages. So TV wasn't working, so we had to go the social media route, and that takes time to figure out because you got to spend money, but it's performance based. So you're spending money and getting a return. And you're getting in the awareness, but it takes 15 to 30 times to create a sale. But then if they go into Ace Hardware, sure. so they might see it, right? And they go, I don't know what I can use this for. It doesn't even ring a bell. And then they see it again when they're on YouTube or on whatever platform they're on. And then they're driving and something breaks or they talk to somebody. They say, I just saw something. It's the, the boo, 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 whatever. They can't think of the name. It's not in their head yet, right? Then it hits them again. But then their wallet's in the car, it's two in the morning, dinner's being served, so they don't buy it. So it takes so many attempts. However, when they walk into an ace value, when they walk into a true value, when they run into it on Amazon, they then buy it because now they go, they need it. I should have had it. Now they find it. So it takes right. uh, brand recognition over time. Yeah, I could totally see that. Um, and interesting. How did you figure out manufacturing on your own? Did you have some idea of how to do that? Or what did that look like when you said, I need to take it over to manage the quality? So my background is I've been manufacturing high-tech lasers and uh, machines that decorate clothing, my other Got business. It. So this Got is it. totally different. Retail is totally different. The other one was B2B. It wasn't dealing with retail. So retail has its own challenges to learn. Um you know, common sense, like how do they do it? How do you, and the internet's beautiful because I think you can find out virtually everything. And then, totally. yeah, then it was, it took trips overseas to find machines and stuff like that. And then you, you just, I don't know, there's like a, a form of blindness that an entrepreneur has because you have a goal and a mission and then you just have to go through all those barriers, right? You don't try and break the boulder with a sledgehammer just go around the boulder. I mean, there's, there's a left and a right and up, maybe you can't go underneath, but there's three other options, right? So, um, ask you, there's people that help you. And then you just try and go through the mistakes. You know, the first filling machine was a disaster, but the supplier was willing to work with us and get it to work. Right. And then you have more of them. And then, um, I also say, even when we need to tempt people, we treat our temporary people 
like they've been with us forever. We don't treat them like scabs or anything because you need them for Christmas, for Q4. And those people demand and request to come back to work for us. And the good ones will keep. So that's how we did it. We didn't, instead of hiring, you never know what you might get, but go through a temp agency, get some temp help. Uh, if they're not good, temp agency, no hard feelings, sends you another person, right? And that's it. <laughs> no doubt. Yeah. When did you, how long did it take um, before you knew, okay, I think we actually have something here. In other words, like you had to spend money on advertising, you're, you're making your product here. You thought it'd be a good idea. I mean, like, when was it like, okay, this thing's like going. The truth of that is the minute I saw it in Germany on that retail floor at that supplier, I knew because I knew if I can use it, how many other right. people. Can. So I knew at that moment, otherwise I shouldn't do it. Otherwise I should run away. So I blame myself if people aren't aware of it. I blame myself if they don't know how to use it because it's my job, right? They're trusting me with their money. So I've got to create a, a solution to a problem that people have, right? So it was fun because um, you end up going on shopping channel, you get all these opportunities and, uh, and I'm not an actor. I'm not rehearsed, but I'm passionate. I'm passionate. Right. And I'm not, you know, Brad Pitt looking kind of guy on HSN. I'm just me. <laughs> so I've got to make my thing compelling, my, my product. Totally. And I've got to communicate that way. Right. So, um, that's what does it. It's, it has to be genuine. I think, People come and go and they're fake, but the good stuff is around because it's real and people care, right? That's the reality, in my opinion. No doubt. Yeah, I, I love that. How do you think about um, product from the perspective of like what else you can do with it? Like I know you've done some gifter sets and family packs, things like that. But how do you think about this product and what you could add on to it? Or do you just say, make sure you stay narrowly focused here and like really hit all the markets with this product? Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. Um, because I haven't reached saturation of market, because so uh, this is everybody might picture this, how, regardless how old, how old you are. Crazy glue. What do you think? You picture the guy hanging in the helmet. That right. commercial hasn't <laughs> been right. on forever, right? But, but that's people like, still picture it. Yeah, yeah, but that's like the trademark of the Coke bottle shape. That's their signature, right? So crazy glue has a specific purpose, and people know what it's for. And if a woman breaks a nail. What do they ask for? You got some crazy glue. So I've got to become the thing where they say, no, 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 that's a bondic fix, right? So I've got to get there. And, and that's why I'm, my work isn't done yet. Um, so what also happens is you sell hundreds of thousands of kits is making people aware that now it's a gift. I just did a video. Right. I got one of those ugly calendars from the insurance broker. And the real thing, you know those cheap, cheap <laughs> yeah, things? Yes. And I'm like, like, dude, I'm I'm out of the 80s. I don't need this anymore. I'm embarrassed to have this around. But I made a video saying if I if another insurance agent, a real estate agent sends me one of these calendars, I'm going to cancel my policy. I'm never going to use you. Get a bonding tip. You can print anything on it, right? So if you want to give a gift that's lasting, you could create a message. Say, hey, um, for all the things we can't fix, you know, if you're a banker, insurance, a plumber, a contractor, that's a gift they'll have in their junk drawer for years with your phone number totally. and your face on it. So that's, we're going into promotional cause that's where my other background is sure. yep. and, and go from there. So I'm not done. Um, there's a professional. And also life. you have refills, you sell refills too, which I think is a big, yeah. right. That's gotta be a big part of the business. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Um, well, people buy them up. There's certain type of people buy it right up front. Like I'll go to a hardware store. If I buy a caulking gun, I'll buy a bunch of PL, a bunch of silicone. I want it around because I don't want to sure. run out. I, I'm like right. that, right? 
Yeah. I don't like to run out either. Oh, uh, wow. Amazing. Um, as you've grown over time, like how have you gotten into some of these other channels? Like you mentioned shopping channel and whatnot. Like how have you, have you been pursuant of those retailers and outlets or have they come to you? What does that look like? A, a bit of both. So depending if we had a, a rep who was connected with the account they had, um, when Got you it. start to get a little bit of recognition, people come to you. So those those sites, like the web deal sites, like one of them, a great one's Touch and Modern, Bat19, they seek out products that are cool. I was on a, a TV show on Discovery called American Maker. That was kind of fun. Um, really cool. The funny thing was, like, they had this portion where they asked, you know, how much money do you want to raise? And I was sitting there, and I was, I, no offense to the other contestants or whatever, the people... <laughs> I just felt like I was a bit more seasoned as a business person. Sure. And then I did some quick math. I go, I'm going to ask for 10 million. And so <laughs> I love it because thinking that my odds of becoming the finalist might not be there, but if I asked for 10 million, it would be kind of shocking. Little did I know at that, that impulse moment that they would use that as the clip for the next episode. <laughs> so I love it. Everybody on the planet. <laughs> I, that I want $30,000. It's like 10 million. Oh. <laughs> Everybody, yeah, exactly. Everybody that knew me from wherever, from wherever, sent me that like Mike Myers thing, one billion dollars. You know, they yeah, were teasing exactly. me. Yeah, but it, it was <laughs> wicked because it was captivating for people to watch it, and it's one of those shows where they get to see how it's done, right? Very, very cool. <laughs> and um, a little that's... side note: it was a sweaty, hot warehouse with no air conditioning, and they have the cameras rolling constantly and the mics rolling constantly right so, so anything and everything is captured so i'm standing there and it's hot and i'm in a blazer and i'm sweating and so they clip the part where where when i asked that question they showed the reaction of the entrepreneur with the money and then they right. zoom back to me sweating it is entertainment i mean have you yeah, watched shark I tank i mean shark he asked tank for 10 is... million and now he's sweating to death it was kind of funny. right <laughs> i think that's actually kind of funny yeah remember it's entertainment first than anything else um yeah. you know it's so cool what a, a neat product and um and experience that you're having growing this and you're right i mean there's so much upside for this product and awareness in the market um when you think about lessons learned you've already shared a bunch uh with our, our audience and i love to ask our guests you know as, as an entrepreneur maybe pick two or three other things you've learned during your experience and um and bringing this product in, bringing it to market um, that you, you know, co what coaching would you have for some others that, that might be out there thinking about a product? First of all, define success on your own terms, right? Because if you're trying to compare it to, like, I'm never going to be Elon Musk, no matter how much of this Bondic I sell, that's not my thing, right? I'm never going to have that net worth, that value, whatever. Success is defined by are people, is my product giving me a good lifestyle? Is it taking care of my family? Uh, is it creating value for the people? I feel a responsibility of people that work for me. And do I like doing what I'm doing? Do I enjoy coming to work? So that's my definition of success. And then when you have that as a definition, you will become successful. If your only goal is for money, you're probably going to achieve it, but have no friends and it'll probably be pretty temporary and it won't be long lasting. So that's one thing. Um, do really what you like. Like if you hate what you do, then every minute doing it is worse and shortening your life, right? So totally. um, you need to be, excuse me, passionate about what you do because then it's fun and then you get solutions because it's natural to think about it. Like it is weird. 
and I do cut my own grass, but and it's the wrong use of my time. But no, without a joke, I have and I've dug my own uh, with my tractor. I've made a septic bed, and I was like up to my neck in dirt, like physically, literally in the ditch there. And I made a decision. You know what? I'm not going to work with that retailer because that retailer is brutal and has taken advantage of the entrepreneur. Screw it. I'd rather sit at home and have a beer and watch Law and Order reruns and not lose money than so so make decisions that you don't have to kiss everybody's butt if it's not fair for everybody and it's not win-win don't do it you know don't it's not worth it because that stress and frustration is is not is going to be what kills you and gives you a heart attack by the way law and order is like coming back i don't know if you saw like the the original in like two weeks okay well there's some people some retailers i might want to kick off my uh (laughs) out of my life i get caught up No, but it's true, right? Like I know you're saying, you can, yeah. If you do something and it's right, then it's okay. But if it's totally. wrong and you're losing money, then why did you do it in the first place? So you got to analyze it. You can't be afraid to lose money, but you have to decide financially on a spreadsheet, an accountant, somebody in your business or around you or yourself says, wait, no, 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 we're not going that route. It's not worth right. it. Right. Right. So, I'm with you. Um, and I have had that one brought up a couple of times. And so you wouldn't think that would be on there. But yeah, I, um, it's super important. And I think sometimes people forget. Um, so cool. I'm super excited for you. Uh, the product. I know you've been doing this for a couple of years. And you've got, again, so much runway in front of you. But share with our audience where they can find you, connect with you, buy the product, etc. Well, you can uh, obviously go on Amazon, a great client of ours. If you're ever out at True Value at Ace Hardware, they're always got it in stock somewhere. Um, We're launching a smaller version. We're going to get it in all kinds of convenience stores and gas stations and places like that. Oh, cool. Good Um, idea. Not a glue.com. You were kidding about that at the beginning. The reason is because I had to get the message across. It's not a glue. It's not a glue. (laughs) Because if you bought it as a glue, thinking it was a glue, you'd be disappointed right out of the gate. So we'll switch to Bondic slowly now, but notaglue.com is a great place to get it. And if you ever want something corporately, bondicpromo.com, we can print Mm -hmm. your message, your brand, your whatever, and then you create a memorable gift, right? It's kind of cool. You can do it just for fishing buddies. You're going on a trip. I mean, if you got an air mattress that's got a leak, you're going to wake up like a hot dog in a bun. If you got waders that have a leak, how are you going to fix it, right? So anyways, uh, that's the three places, bondicpromo.com, bondic.io, notaglue.com, and uh, some great retailers. And I'm just glad that, you know, you didn't have any fishing accident yesterday before our recording today. Well, listen, I got a bruise on my head that's perfect for radio. (laughs) and and Listen, I almost lost a knife. That's not a joke. Our audience is like, wait, what? Where did that Uh, come from? We had a funny conversation. I had a little uh, accident yesterday, and thank God this isn't the TV show, right? Dude, I'm glad. I'm glad that it worked out the way it did. Um, Robert, so fun having you here. We would love to have you back on down the road. So cool to learn about Bondic um, and your background and story. So please come back. You, You have a wealth of information to share with us. And just thanks so much for spending time with us today. I'd love to be back. If you ever got like a troubleshooting show or whatever, give me a shout out. I'd be happy to solve problems or try. Okay. All right. I love it, man. Thanks. Thanks a ton. The Contender Cast is sponsored by Henderson Shapiro Peck and powered by Contender Brands. You can download additional Contender Cast episodes directly via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, iHeartMedia, YouTube, and other preferred podcast platforms. 
If you would like to be a guest on the Contender Cast, connect with us at contendercast.com. This is Brian Benson reminding you that every winner started as a contender.